name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> As you will have already seen, today we remember the epiphany of our Lord. As we recall the visit of the three kings, or the three wise men, as they are sometimes called, to the Holy Family in Bethlehem. Epiphany is normally observed on the 12th day after Christmas, which of course is tomorrow, so we're anticipating their arrival today. And, and Epiphany brings to an end our celebration of Christmas, which began of course on Christmas Eve and ends on the 12th day. And the Gospel reading began with the words, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and where he was, where, and where was the one who has been born king of the Jews? Seeking a newborn king, they naturally came to Jerusalem, the capital city then in Israel, as it is once again in these days, and naturally sought out where they would find a king, and they went to the palace of Herod. That would be obviously a natural place where to begin a search for somebody of royal birth. And it's also interesting to note in this little reading here that King Herod began a search as to where this child could be, have been born. And we are told that he asked the religious leaders to find out where the Messiah was, where the Messiah was to be born. And of course, as we know, the religious leaders pointed to Bethlehem with the reference to Malachi, sorry, Micah chapter 5, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Herod seemed to recognize the importance of the Magi, that the one they were searching for would likely be the Messiah, and thus a threat to his dynasty. And as we heard, he devised a plan to remove this threat. Two little questions for us to consider. Who were these so-called wise men or king, and where did they come from? They were likely to have been astrologers, people who studied the movements of the stars, and they believed that the appearance of a star which they had seen foretold and heralded the birth of a significant person whom they described as the king of the Jews. And they set off on a journey in search of this king. It is believed that they were from Persia, which is, of course, east of Jerusalem. And what is interesting, in fact, that in Bethlehem to this day, there is the Church of the Nativity, built in the 6th century AD. And in that church, there was incorporated a mosaic on the interior nave wall in which the wise men were depicted as Persian people or Persian dress. And what's also interesting, in fact, when the Persian armies came to the Holy Land in the year 614, they destroyed many churches, but they spared the church in the nativity when they saw the mosaic on the wall depicting the wise men in Persian dress. And so this church was never destroyed since the 6th century. And so it is, in fact, the oldest existing place of Christian worship in the world. And underneath this church, of course, is the manger. And it in, it in itself is the, only, is the oldest location 
of Christian worship down the centuries. And so we believe they came from the East, they came from Persia, but they were not Jews, they were Gentiles who came to acknowledge and to worship the one born king and not born to be king. And I'll come back to that point later. They came to worship the one born king. And the second question is this. <clears throat> when did the wise men visit Bethlehem? When the wise men visited Herod, they declared that the new king had already been born. Where is the one who has been born, they asked. So it was certainly not likely that they came at the same time as the shepherds. Herod too, you remember, demanded the death of all boys under the age of two. So it was unlikely that they came on the 12th day after Christmas or after his birth. And after the research, Herod determined, through, with the help of his leading people, the exact time that the star had appeared and led him to decide to kill all boys under the age of two, just to be safe. And the Gospel also states, and I quote, the star which they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And I want you to notice two words there, the word house and the word child. House indicates that the Holy Family were no longer in the manger and had moved to their own house. And also Jesus is described as a child and no longer as an infant. And so taking all these facts together, it is likely that the major only came to Bethlehem some many months after the birth of Jesus. Recently in the parish show, we've heard many sermons relating from Matthew's Gospel and remembering that his focus in writing the Gospel was to Jewish people who had was seeking the Messiah and showing how the coming of Jesus was, fulfill, was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. So time and time again, Matthew wrote phrases like, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, or what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. And similar phrases like that appear 12 times in his gospel. He really was concerned to prove that Jesus was the expected Messiah. And so was the coming of the Magi a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy? Indeed it was. And in our Old Testament reading from Isaiah 60 today, we read these words, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And in verse 6 of that same chapter, as we heard, and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. But what is interesting, in fact, is that they also brought gifts from Persia. And these are what we call prophetic gifts. Gifts that reveal the truth about who Jesus was. The child whom they had come to praise and worship. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold the symbol of kingship, frankincense, the symbol of worship, and myrrh, the spice of death. Their gifts proclaimed that this child was born king, that this child was divine, was God, and therefore worthy of worship, and that this child, though divine, 
would also die. And so these three wise men came declaring that Jesus is King of Kings, that Jesus is the incarnate Son of God, worthy to be praised and worshipped, and that an ignominious death awaited him, as we would say now, death on a cross. It's interesting to note, in fact, that the wise men were not thrown or confused by the fact that they did not find the child Jesus in a palace, but in a very ordinary place in the seeming backwater town of Bethlehem. And so this is the meaning, really, then, of the epiphany. Epiphany, a word meaning revelation or manifestation. The wise men came and revealed the true nature, the true being of who Jesus is. And all this is, we confirm, of course, as we affirm, our, as we already done in the words of the creed. The prophet Isaiah frequently looked forward to the day when the coming Messiah would be a light to the Gentiles. In Isaiah chapter 49, 6, we read the words, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant. Speaking of the suffering servant, Jesus, it's too small a thing for you to be my servant, just to restore the tribes of Israel. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. In Isaiah 42, verse 6, Isaiah writes, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand, and I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and, the, and light for the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind and free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. It's interesting that Paul himself quoted that very verse as he began preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And we know also that subsequent to his birth that Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. There the old man called Simeon took the child Jesus in his arms and declared Jesus to be a light of revelation to the Gentiles as well as for the glory of Israel. No longer were the Gentiles to be excluded from the kingdom of God. They would be the recipients of all God's promises and be grafted into the vine, which is Israel. Old Testament scriptures like that which have a, an enlarged vision are sometimes called the great commission verses of the Old Testament as they call for the gospel to be of salvation to reach the ends of the earth. And as far as we know, the wise men were the first Gentiles to experience the fulfillment of that prophecy. And the coming of the wise men as Gentiles confirmed at the outset that Jesus was indeed the fulfillment of this prophecy, that he is the light of the world, and that his light is for all of humanity. And Jesus said of himself, you remember, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So let me end with these words from the Sermon of the Mount, when Jesus said of those who are listening to him, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the calling for us Gentiles today is also to follow the star that is Jesus, the morning star that is Jesus, and by so doing, you will never be in spiritual darkness. Amen. Let us pray.